deal. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God forever. I do thank God for the team that goes with us. And, uh, you know, now they're asking uh, the teams in Uganda this year, uh, I mean in Ghana this, this, yeah, this year, they will be taking uh, all of the guys that travel with us to other countries, uh, the team that goes with us, they will be putting them in other cities and they will be having crusades simultaneously with the one that we're going to be having in another section of the city. So we'll have like five or six uh, crusades going on at the same time. And uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, that's what we've been training those men for. And uh, so it's, it's a good deal. Praise God. All righty, let's turn our Bibles today to Hebrews 1. We're going to read from verse 1 down through 3. We're talking about the Word of God. And remember that the Word of God defines already that it is not an ordinary book. It is a book that contains God, contains a revelation of Him, contains a revelation of who the evil Satan is, and reveals the condition of men that are sinners and the identity of men that are righteous. So, in Hebrews 1, 1, it says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, in other words, God speaks in many different ways and tones, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. One translation says the power that is in his word. When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. I want to talk to you some things today about the Word of God along the series that we've been talking. And so when we look at this passage of Scripture, it says that God's upholding all things by the Word of His power. In other words, any time that God's Word would lose its power, or that power would diminish, all that we see would collapse. It is the most powerful substance in the unseen, in the seen world that you and I are a part of. There is nothing more powerful than the Word because the Word itself is God, and God is the Word. Never try to separate them, respect them, with the same type of fear and reverence that you would if God was in your household. We give the word first place in our life because God demands first place in our life. Amen? He doesn't take a back seat. He is the driver of our life. You know, there was a... Uh, I'll give you this little illustration. Any of you ever heard of Jimmy Houston? Anybody? Okay, all right. One fisherman. All right. Uh, Jimmy Houston is a Oklahoma man. He is a member of Bass, which means I think it's a Bass Anglers Sportsman Society. Now, Jimmy Houston is known all over the world. He has programs, he's got baits, he's got video, he's got it all. He's won millions and millions and millions of dollars by fishing. Wish to God he had called me to do so. But, so Jimmy Houston was invited to partake of uh, this fishing tournament. It was a one-day tournament, and it was for Angler of the Year which we might not think much of if you don't fish. But, so Jimmy Houston uh, accepted the invitation. When he got there, he went to register, and they said, uh, here's your patch, and here's your decal for your boat. 
He said, for what? He said, because if you're in this tournament, since it is uh, backed by this big promoter, we, uh, everybody that's in the tournament, has to wear a patch and a decal. He looked at the patch and the decal, and he said, uh, no, I don't think I will. They said, well, you'll be eliminated. He said, okay. One of his other Christian friends was standing there, and they said, uh, don't you think you ought to pray about it? He said, I don't know why I would have to pray about it when the Bible has already gave me my decision. It told me what I should do. I should shun all appearance of evil. Why would I have to pray about something that God has already expressed in his unchangeable, unfailing uh, uh, word, which is his voice? The man said, well, that's $100,000. He said, it's not worth my representation of who God is in my life. Amen. That sponsor was Bush Beer. That's all it said, Bush Beer. So for $100,000, Jimmy Houston stood up and says, no, the word of God has already made the decision for me. I will not have my good evil spoken of. So I do encourage you to buy his bait and uh, uphold his convictions. Now that might not seem much to you and I, but so many times we're praying about things when God has already given us his will. His will is his word. His word is his voice. Now, when we talk about, when it's said that he's upholding all things, it means that God moves all things. It brings forth all things. All things are in existence and continue in their course and pattern of divine design because of God's power. You know that God, let me say this, this might amaze you. Do you know that God never planted trees all over the world? He started with the Garden of Eden. But when he said, let everything bring forth fruit, that declaration of his word filled with power has endured for maybe a million years. But the Bible says the, year, the earth is only 6,000 years old, about 65 about 6,500 years old, but the Bible only begins to register time when man sins. So what I want you to see is that the Word of God is still filled with power, and everything in this world that we see is being upheld, and the process of it is being upheld by the power, the power of God's Word when he spoke it the first time. Isn't that an amazing thing? It absolutely is. Now, in Genesis 1-1, if you'll quickly go over there with me, and I'm going to be getting into it, uh, into the message, but these are important things. And so in Genesis 1-1, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. Go ahead, next verse. And God called the Light day and darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be in a ferment in the heavens, in the midst of the waters, and let there be divided the waters from the waters. Next verse. And God made it. There, next verse, go ahead. Thank you. And God called the ferment heaven, and in the evening and the morning were the second day. Now. Why did I bring that out? The Word of God is filled with power. Somebody say power. power. It has all power 
over every dimension of darkness, even at its greatest triumphant moment. God says one word, light be, and light has ever been. God calls the moon, he calls the sun to rise, and if you haven't noticed, it worked today. Now, the reason that it works is because it is embraced and supported by the power of God. Now, I'm going to speak to you for just a few seconds. Have any of you ever seen that button that they push easy and everything just transforms and it's all done? It's kind of like a reset button. Well... God reset creation when he spoke like be. Now, that process has still been going on. Now, just bear with me. You might say, oh man, why is this important? It's important that you realize that there is nothing more powerful than the word that you have in your hands. Now, if you'll go to Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 15 through 19, I want you to see today that you, as a believer, say, that's me. You have the most powerful substance in all the earth in your hands. It has been given to you, and I'm going to say this very lightly so you will understand it and not freak out. Jesus said these words. If the scripture says that to whom the word of God comes, they are God's, then the scripture cannot lie. Now, it didn't say that you would be God. But remember that God made Moses a God to Pharaoh. And Moses used God's word that was put in his mouth and he used it to lord over Pharaoh every dimension of darkness that kept the people of Egypt bound. Now, Pharaoh was a god. I mean, Moses was a god to Pharaoh because of the word of the Lord. When God gives you his word, he expects us to rule in life. In fact, the Bible says in Romans, the fifth chapter, that Jesus came that you might reign in life. Now, having said that, the word of God that is given to you, this Bible right here, is or has the ability to reset things that are out of order. Now, I'm going to show you that. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple. And he began to cast them out that sold the temple. He must have had a frustrated day. I don't think so. Bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. What's he say? And would not suffer any man that he should carry in a vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it. They sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. What did Jesus use the word of God for? To establish order in the house. Really establishing order in their spiritual lives. The word of God has been given to you. Somebody say, it's mine. If you have this right here, this is your personal letter, inheritance, or will from God to you. Now what you do with it is up to you. But God gave you a will. So what Jesus does is this. He come along and he pushes the reset button. Restart this, cleanse it from corruption, and put it back into the purpose of God. 
Now, he did that by using the Word of God. He reset the order of purpose. Do you know that our lives sometimes can get out of order? Do you know that? Uh, I hope you know that. Now, Jesus, in Matthew, the 8th the chapter, in verse 16 through 19, it says, and they brought people to Jesus in the evening time. And they were sick, the maimed, the halt. And he cast out the devils by his word. Somebody say his word. In other words, every believer. Now, now listen, this may seem simple to you. But this is the difference between success, peace, joy, victory, keeping the devil out of your affairs. And if he does creep in, that you take him out of his cell, his place, and set order again. Jesus cast out the devils by his word. What did he do? He brought order to men's lives by the word of God. Jesus said, the works I do, you're going to do also. Could you set order in your house and in your life by using, applying the Word of God? Yes, absolutely. Do you know that the Bible tells us in Luke 1, 17, it says, Look, he came that he might turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the father. What did God do? God came and used his word through his prophet in order to reestablish order in the family. Today, we have an upside-down society. We are not friends to our children. We are parents to our children. Now, you may think you're smarter You may think Dr. Spock is a success. You may think Dr. Phil is the greatest thing since Jesus. But I'm telling you that the Word of God will bring order to the house in your life. Paul said, look, God is ahead of Christ. Christ is ahead of man. And man is ahead of his household. Listen, we have no order without the Scripture. Second thing If your house is out of order, take the scripture and begin to apply it. Hit the reset button. Amen? If you find yourself in a strifeful situation in your family, quit arguing. You're not going to win. The devil is. Hit the reset button. Turn your marriage around, turn your attitude around, and set it in order. Husbands, love your wives despite what they're doing. Wives, honor your husband despite what they're doing. Could I get an amen? Look, let's reset the damage that the world is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. Jesus said this. He came. Everybody knows that Jesus was the Word made flesh. John 12, 31, Jesus says this, Now is the prince of this world cast out, and the judgments, the sayings of God, the plans of God, and the blessings of God are now coming upon men. What did Jesus do? The Word. He set in order. He overrode spiritual enthronements and brought peace back between man and God. Look, the Word of God is given you. It's filled with power. And when you act on it or do it by faith, that power is released. It'll move mountains. It'll calm seas. It'll, it'll free people from spiritual powers. And it'll set in order your life. Could it get an amen? Amen. Now, if you have that authority and do nothing, that is a surrender. But it doesn't have anything to do with God's will. If he gave you this right here, he expects you to use it. He expects you to rule and reign over your enemies. He expects you to control the demonic power that is in your neighborhood, 
around your family, enticing your children, whatever it is, you can take the Word of God, you can start decreeing a promise, and God will bring order to that situation. Could I get an amen? Hallelujah. Hit the reset button. Many of us have been raised in poverty, lack, get by. I totally understand. I was raised in a society that the minimum wage was $1.65. And in that, we drove an old rambler that was wrecked, that Phyllis let a guy go because she thought he'd call and make it right. That never happened. But during that time, Phyllis, I don't know, for some unreason, just thought she'd get pregnant. That's the greatest economical place to get pregnant. At $1.65 an hour. And we're living in Columbus. Thank God it wasn't very far to White Castle. The only redeeming thing we had there on 2nd Avenue. And uh, so we got all of that. But some way, some way, we were living for God. And out of $1.65 an hour, we were giving to our church. On $1.65 an hour. One day a guy comes to work and says, hey, I'm going to go apply for this job. I said, what is it? He said, well, it's out here, the Sutherland Lumber Company. I said, hey, could I go? He said, sure. All you got to do is meet the criteria. You got to have a high school diploma. I said, I don't. He said, you got to have some type of experience. I said, I don't. And uh, he said, so uh, those are the two criteria, but you can go. So I go out there. Now, I'm a Christian making $1.65 an hour, and my wife is pregnant. We got an old rambler, and some of you don't know what a rambler is, do you? Uh, it's it, it, just a little bigger than a Nash. That, that'll throw a what, what is a Nash? Not hash, Nash. And, and uh, so these are cars that are now gone. They have filled our earth with rust and oxidation. Now, so I go out there and I tell the guy, I say, look, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even think he knew what a Christian was. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'd like to have this job. He said, okay, uh, you're a high school graduate? I said, no, I'm a dropout. He said, do you have any experience? I said, no. What is wood? I mean, I'm the guy that they said, go get an insulation polar. And I went all around the yard looking for an insulation polar. What is an insulation polar? A stupid man's journey. And then they told me, oh, every month we have a... Now, don't, don't laugh. Remember, I have no, I have no experience. So they told me, we're having a knot-gathering contest this month. So I gathered all these knots, and I had bags of knots in my closet at home. I bring them in at the end of the month. Guess the only guy that has any knots in the bag. Five years later, I was foreman of that. That tells you how hard up they were. I was foreman of that. I went from $1.65 to $185 take home. And the man told me, your wife is pregnant. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure your insurance covers every cost of the birth of your child. Now, I reset my life by my giving. We were tithers. We didn't have much, but we did have the joy of the Lord. We reset our stand stand for prosperity by defying the limitations of poverty. You can do that. Given it shall be given. And so we as believers have power. Somebody say power. power. I'm telling you the word of God is filled with power. But in the hands of negligent, nonchalant people it will do nothing. Do you know that God wants to reset man's mind 
The Bible says that we were the enemies of God in our mind. But you know that God resets our mind by the renewing of our mind? Come on, could I get an amen? And what it does is this, it tells us what to do. It tells us to put the Word of God in and transform it from a mindset that is dominated by failure, fear, sin, lust, corruption, division, disunities. We are to reset the way that we think. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Look, think on these things. Because if you do, you will see the course of your mind begin to come to reality. It says these words. It says, think on these things that are just, true, honest, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Don't think on anything else. And out of that, virtue will come. In other words, a clear course of where you are supposed to go and you will give birth to a voice of praise. Is it that our minds have not been set in order or reset by God? Yes. I think our minds have not been reset. We read the scriptures. We simply do not embrace them. Not being cruel, I'm just being observant because I'm just as bad as you are. And so we need to hit the reset button. Do you want to change your life? Hit the reset button. Apply the scripture. There is nothing too difficult, too hard, or too impossible for the application of the word of God. Amen? All right. Now, uh, in James, let's go to James, the third chapter, and verse 1. And I, I know this. I'm going to read 10 verses. But I want you to see something. Not only do our minds need to be renewed, our tongues need to be reset. Even as Christians, we can easily become complainers and criticizers, opinionators, dividers, and you're not uniters, negative instead of positive. And it says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. And it said, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a, a what? Perfect man and able to bridle his whole body. Now understand that when we talk like we do not belong to God, we talk without power. And forces go into motion, not only from the devil, but within this earthen tabernacle that is filled with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Now understand that. You say, well, I'm just going to take control. No, you won't. No, please, no. We're not smarter than God. Then it says this, next verse. And it says, Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about the whole body. But also, behold also the ships, which they have so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. In other words, even in storms, even in storms, you can hit the reset button. What are you doing in your storm? Hit the reset button. And then it says, even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. That it, def it what? Defileth. defileth the whole body. 
and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, of birds, and of serpents, and of other things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is unruly, evil, everything produced after its own kind, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed the blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Now the Bible says that no man can tame the tongue. Therefore, no man can contain or control the lust of his flesh, the lust of his eyes, or the pride of his life. But, what if we hit the reset button and we allow the Word of God? The Bible said no man can tame, but the Holy Ghost can tame the tongue. The Holy Ghost contain the tongue. This scripture is more powerful than your tongue. So if you will begin to speak what this says about situations, about people, about anything you're dealing with, guess what? Not only do you begin to produce blessing with your tongue, you begin to gain supremacy over the struggles of living right. Come on, did anybody get that? You understand? This tongue controls this. Listen, my wife knows how it works. Your wife knows how it works. Do this. Well, honey, I'm, I'm resting. Yeah, if you don't want to stay there forever, get up. The tongue rules our physical bodies. Could I get an amen? amen? Praise God. Listen, the Bible tells us that, look, you are to speak grace. Put away from you this. You say, but I've tried. Put away what you've been saying in a negative sense and start saying what God said in a positive sense. Amen? amen. 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 All right. Now, uh, I got two men that are going to help me. Where are they? Come on, guys. So somebody say, reset. 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 Right here. Just reset it. Any moment and any time. In a storm, that little rudder can reset your course. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been mad. Maybe you've been whatever, disappointed. Whatever. If you've been living for Christ for the last two days, you've experienced all them. But it's not justifiable by a response that's not godly. Now, James 1.22 through 25, could I have that on the screen? The Word of God is like a window. In this scripture here, James 1.22, there you go, there. But ye, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any man or any woman, any, be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a reflecting surface. For he beholdeth himself, he goeth his way, and straightway he forgets what he saw in the mirror or what he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth in that law, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now the word of God is like a mirror. In 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, it says we look through a glass darkly. Both of them means that it's kind of like a mirror is two-way. God looks at us, and we look at ourselves and God through 
this reflection. Now, the Word of God is a window into two spiritual worlds. Now, that might not mean much, but I'm going to explain that to you. The Word of God is called a glass or a mirror. So, if I come up to this mirror, come right up here, guys, and I want to see what's happening, because so many of us never look at anything. Do I go up or down? Down, there, there. You see this here? This is a window. If I look into this window, I can see the kingdom of God and the path to take through this window or through the word of God. If I look this way, I get to see what the devil is doing. That, that's what it happened. So when we look at the word of God, we are looking through a window. Now, when I'm on this side and I'm not looking through the word of God, guess what? I'm dominated by fear. Why? Because I can't see anything that God is doing. So I'm left to my own human imagination that is flooded with the answers of God doesn't hear, God's not involved, God's not with you. Time is becoming my faith killer. But if I really want to commit my life and see what's happening, all I have to do is go right here and look through the glass. Or if I want to see what the devil is doing, all I have to do is look at the word and it will open up a window for me and I will see what the devil's doing. Can I have that just a little? Well, here, guys, just do it this way. Can you take that off of me all the way down? I, I, because I want to step into the world of God. Now, here's what I want you to see. If I live on the other side of that window, I am living by my senses. But if I stick my head through the window, I can see where I'm headed because the scriptures reveal where I'm going and what God is doing while I'm walking. Now, if I get under stress and pressure, all i got to do is turn my head to the left, and I will see what the devil's doing. Isn't that cool? Now, the thing of it is, most Christians never ever refer back or open the window to see what God is doing or what the devil is doing. So, what we do is this. We presume. We speculate. We wonder. We talk to other people about our feelings, which have nothing to do with the faithfulness of God. If God said it, he's going to perform it. If he spoke it, he's going to be faithful to it. Could I get an amen? And so, here we are, and we are looking through the glass. And somebody says, well... You know what? It looks like you're going under. But you just look through the glass and say, no, God is faithful. And he said he would not forsake me nor be idle on my behalf. Amen. I want to see what God did in other people's lives. So what I do, I stick my head through the window and I look back at three guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we all know the story. They're in a fiery furnace. You say, man, Pastor, I tell you, I'm under the heat of the battle. Be of good cheer because the Bible says in Isaiah, though you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. And what I do is I take my eyes and I look out and see what God has done for another because he's not a respected person. So it doesn't matter how hot the fire is. I just lift up my head and I realize I'm not alone. 
God is with me. And I'm coming out, no matter how many people that have went before me, I'm looking through the window of God, not through the historical failure of men. And I can tell you what's going to happen to me when I go through the fire. I will not be burned. I will not be burned. Well, what is the devil doing? He's stoking the fire. I look back here and I see, oh man, he's turning it up seven times. Do I fear what the devil's doing or do I look at what has been guaranteed to me and proven by others? I'm going to look out here and I'm going to see where I'm headed. Because even though I go in, the window reveals to me the end of the story. Come on. It reveals to me the end of my battle. It reveals to me the end of what the devil is doing. I can't see that anyplace else except in the Word of God. The Word of God is a window that shows you what God will do for those that put faith in him. Now some people say, man, man, it's been a long time. Well, I just look back. Let me see what the devil does to people. I look back and I said, oh, Daniel, the 10th chapter. The angel comes to Daniel and says, beloved man of God, from the first day that you prayed, God sent me. He heard your voice. But the devil has been struggling with us to keep the answer from getting to you. So I've come here to tell you that it's not God's problem. You don't have a problem. You've stood faithful. But I've come to reveal to you, if you look through the window, you'll know who's hindering the effect. Resist him. Stand still. Don't give him any place. Amen. That's all we have to do. And so we can look back and see what the devil's doing. But why do we always look to the left and feel hopeless instead of looking to the right and seeing the outcome of the battle? Remember, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. But you have to apply the scripture. And every time you start wondering, man, I, I, I don't know, honey. What, I know it's getting worse, darn. I know, I know money is tight. What do you do? Don't stick your head in the ground. Don't look at what the devil's doing. Step in through the window and see the victorious outcome of every man of righteousness. Come on. We need to get on the other side of the window. Come on, could I get an amen? Realize that the word is also called the word of truth. And in the word of truth, there is freedom. What does that mean? There is freedom from sickness. There is freedom from double-mindedness. Why? Look through the glass. Your mind will not wonder if you know where you're going. Amen. And then it will also set us free from fear. It will set us free from deception. It will set us free from confusion and presumption. It will set us free. And all we have to do is believe in God. Just look out the window and see what God is doing. Don't concentrate just on what the devil is doing. Verify that, you know what? He is the author of my problem. But God is the faithful God of my answer. Could I get an amen? amen. Now, Hebrews 6.18 says that the word of God is our anchor. In other words, in storms. If you're in a storm, you can throw out an anchor, put your face into the wind... The storm will go around you and you will prevail. 
So, one of the things that caused it to be an anchor, look at what the Word said would happen in the end. Don't, don't, don't be getting away from the, the window and looking around and say, oh, 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 no, no, no. Keep your head in the window. And it's going to be the way that God said it would be. And you will anchor yourself in these boisterous storms that we go through. To the weary. Here's what the word of God is. It is the bread of life. Are you weary and tired? Eat a piece of bread. It'll shock your sugar system. Yeah. And if you want, you can put a little honey on it, according to Psalms 19.10. And if you want something to drink with it, you can have a little milk with it, 1 Peter 2.3. And right in the midst of your enemies, you can... Eat a honey sandwich and dip it in milk. Then wash it down with clear water. Ephesians 5.26. To the cold, to the indifferent, to the lack warm, the critical. Those that are on the verge of just giving up, finding something else. Jeremiah 23.9 says, it'll be a fire in your bones. Get it in you. Let it ignite you. Let smoke come out of your ears. Be like that guy on Fantastic Four. Fire up, hallelujah. Amen. To the discouraged and to the vexed, it's a hammer. Jeremiah 23, 29, that'll break, break every lock and prison hold that you have whether it's discouragement, whether it's, uh, uh, yeah, what is that word that people go through? Uh, uh, discouragement, uh, what is it? Depression, there you go. You can break it by simply applying the word. The Bible says God sent forth his word and healed them. What did he heal you from? Anything that you have need of. The word of God freed physical bodies. The Word of God freed the mentally tormented. The Word of God freed financial problems. The Word of God raised the dead. The Word of God calmed storms. Now I give to you the answer of all of men's problems. Amen. Without question, an unshakable faith and anchor in your storm. Find your scripture. Reset it. Look into the world that you know exists. See what the devil is doing, but behold, see what God is doing. Amen. It says, hold fast. Hold fast. Don't let somebody drive you out of your window. Good thing this ain't much taller. <laughs> now you can live on what side of the window you want to live on. What side do you want? You want to live out here and see life without a true image? Do you want to look here? And see the devil's destructive patterns in people's lives. Or do you want to turn here and be anchored steadfast and see the end from where you're at? The Word of God is a window to two kingdoms. Let you and I stick our head in this thing right here. There's no other place of absolute, infallible, unchangeable truth. This will not lie to you. It will be the way that God said, He is faithful who hath begun a good work. If He declared it, He will work with you until it is completed. Could I get an amen? Praise God.
just keep looking in the scripture, seeing the process, but knowing when the process is finished, victory is on the end. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet today. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us, God, just hit the reset button. Let's start our minds just being renewed, God. God, let us just reset the order of our life. Reset the access of the enemy to our life. Let's take the word of God, which is the arrow of the Lord, which is the sword of the Spirit. Let us rise up and say, I am my foe's greatest headache. For I am a man that trusts in God. Father, we are believers. We are word people born of the word, washed by the word, infused with the word. And God, we abide in the word and the word abides in us. And answered prayer is simply a reality. Now, God, we thank you for today. We ask you, God, to touch every life. We break the power, God, of every work of the enemy. And God, we declare as Jesus did that, God, they are not in the kingdom of darkness, but they are in the kingdom of light. They do not belong to the devil. They belong to God. That they have been lifted up, they have been brought out, and they have been set up. And that, God, no weapon formed against them will prosper. And we serve you notice, devil. We are people that look to the right. We are people that see what God is doing. We are not alone. We are not forsaken. We are not discouraged. We are not cast down. For the Lord is not idle concerning us. And we are the people and the sheep of his pasture. And we shall not want. And God, we thank you that, Father, we do not deal with the enemy from a place of loss. We deal from, with him from a place of victory in Christ Jesus and will not let him steal it from us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.